Sahar Tai Seal is a permaculture school designer and ecological planner, a nonprofit coordinator, a farmer and garden educator, an ex model, and a psychosomatic healing practitioner. Through highly experiential learning, she teaches agriculture to children and families. A student at UC Davis, Sahar created her own degree in American studies centered on the environment and social equity to learn how institutions can effectively facilitate a better environment for people to live in the beauty of liberty and diversity. During part one of our interview, we discussed the law of attraction as it relates to people and plants, our interconnectedness with the earth and the cosmos, ways her mixed race identity and the Chinese five elements theory influence her work, and what lessons seen in the plant world can inspire humanity to infuse natural growth into our systems. Exploring food as freedom and agriculture as the roots for a better functioning society. I'm Sienna May Heath, and this is Leaving the Left for Liberty. It's been fun since meeting you and working together and continuing to like stay in touch with um, just like life paths and updates since we have had such an expansive, like growing centric uh like first point of meeting like keeping that momentum going is like definitely personal goals <laughs> right right absolutely and for those who don't know Sahar and I met on a spiritual gardening retreat I think that's the simplest way of putting it but it, it was a very um holistic uh hippie experience in the desert of Arizona and um, connecting with you was such a gift and truthfully the highlight of, of my experience out there in the desert um, and realizing even more synchronicity between us after our in-person meeting. Um, like I, I just recently learned about your DIY degree um, that it in fact was in American studies, um, which is so relevant to the channel that we're on. Um, so I just want to take a moment to, I guess, introduce you a bit, um, and I'll I'll let you take the lead on that. Feel free to introduce yourself, and then I'd like to share the highlights um, of of why I felt called to bring you on the show. Beautiful. You want me to me to lead first? Who I am? Yes. Who are you, Sahar? Question. <laughs> um. So I've been. I've been many things. I've always been Sahar, uh, which is in Persian, it's like Sahar. And it's quite, it's a cool title, but I'm just a person. It means like first sight of the morning sun. And so like growing up in this um, culture, right, of just like exposure to great poeticism and great um, like mystical canons of beauty is sort of like shaped early on what I think is like uh, real and where energy comes from. So I have been a nonprofit coordinator because uh, the idea of bringing people closer together or being a part of some kind of like social glue where we're able to like just be awesome around each other um, or just like make projects happen or like accomplish and learn about each other. That was really cool. Um, and it, the idea of like, uh, let's see I think I didn't mention but growing up in a Baha'i household with like all the unity and diversity um, subject being really really relevant growing up um, it's it definitely that's what I kind of mean to say has kind of been like the pressure in 
how do I carve myself for myself as like a human that how do I maintain my humanity while becoming like situated for a workforce that has as we come to find out more um has all these forces of like competition of excellence of um like there's just so many different ways to communicate through it um so nonprofit coordinator farm planning farming gardening children's teaching um executive assisting uh a couple stints starting as a program manager or project manager for a couple other nonprofits um and small businesses so uh in sales like farm sales like uh, uh artisan food products like olive oil and garden and uh uh honey so ways to like find the obvious beauty that's kind of in the outside and try to like associate it with the makers and the producers of that and to really like sell the story and like offer membership into the story of like people coming together and making community around um, what could be shared. So it does seem kind of all over and all about the place, but that with the, um, let's see, that actually ends up being like really, really relevant because <laughs> uh, the subject of American studies is basically what does it mean to be American? And how could we possibly, because, you know, the United States as an entity in itself has been, uh, had that name for 400 years or so, but it represents so much diversity. Like it represents so many different like legal moves and so many different migrations with so many different parameters on them. Um, and that is very unique. Um, and also the time period we're in with uh, how available information is all over the place, it creates this collective sense of like, well, I am me, you know, whatever that is. And I'm maybe where I live, but I'm not just where I live. Like I have to impress on my environment and I have my environment impresses on me. But I've moved many times. So in America and or in North America, not Canada the united states um and culture and nature they have not a not a direct relationship but it's like every place i've lived there's been huge cultural differences between the people who live there and like um and just like what is kind of what a day-to-day -day interaction with someone you've just met and like let's see so it's been like Trying to understand, like, okay, so in the environment, <laughs> the who are you question. Um, so there's this quote that kind of motivated trying to make header sense out of this, um, this field of study, which I uh, emphasized in American studies called environment and social equity, which was a question about how does the environment affect um the way society forms and the way society kind of like distributes itself uh amongst the people who represent it so it's like what is society what is environment like kind of how do we negotiate these these things because it maybe seems that there's something in human consciousness that is different and operates differently than nature but both are really influential forces so there's this quote um by uh shogi effendi 
it was um, we cannot segregate the human heart from the environment outside of us and say that once one of these is reformed, everything will be improved. Man is organic with the world. His inner life molds the environment and is itself also deeply affected by it. Um, and then something like every abiding change in one or the other like affects the other. So um, I grew up in College Station, Texas and Bloomington, Indiana. So really forested Bloomington, four seasons, um, pretty remote because I was in the forest. That was cool. Texas, College Station, Texas was um, very conservative but very um, densely populated. So there's this kind of strong sense of like what it means to be on the team and then like behaviors that are not uh, part of like team sport or like kind of uh, locale belonging. And um, and of course this is like a boundary that's always in conflict. It's like, what does it mean to belong to a place? And it's like, do I get to say that? Do I get to say what it means for me and who I am and what I'm about? And, and do you get a say in, in the culture of the place that you're living in? Because culture is dynamic, you know, as it is in, in agriculture, we're creating microcultures among plants and people. And of course you get a say, every individual and every community gets a say on how they they impact their environment because inevitably every every individual is impacting their environment. So yes, there you go. <laughs> and like the mind and it's like, it's like these systems, like there's systems that exist that were very useful for accomplishing the creation of them, like institutional, like huge institutions, like government or, or like universities, like a, a heritage universities. But it's like, unless they enable people to grow and expand and kind of um, flourish within them, it's like, it seems that, um, it seems like there's not going to be like as much power that they're capable of like espousing anyways and that energy that's repressed or not allowed it's it actually it doesn't go anywhere it just it gets like condensed kind of like soil will stop being soil but will start being like dirt if you stop letting stuff flow through it and so it's like my texas experience it was like super functional to accomplish the university of um, texas a&m for like you know all those departments but as a teenager like there were um people were you know teens are really creative right or they have a lot of energy and they have they're able to perceive huge things going on um and they're growing into it and um I think there need to be space. There need to be spaces for our energy to grow, like for our energy to go into a place that is contextually next to us, uh, in a spiritual way and a vibes way. For us to be like, I think for us to kind of like keep this movement of like stepping higher and like growing, continuing to spread set out a leaf, like continuing to like grow and be. Otherwise, I think we get this kind of this compaction and this contention. Yes, compaction was the word that was coming to mind when you described the soil that um, didn't have the almost like the breathing room um, for for the air and such to flow through it for the fertilizer to get in there. And when I when I think about permaculture, which I know is your focus, I consider um, permaculture as like a a living, breathing entity, almost like a person. It's self-sustaining, largely self-sustaining. And for those who don't know, permaculture encompasses our agriculture styles 
um, that require relatively few energy sources and minimal human care. Um, and when you consider like broadly, you know, relationships among plants and people, um, what what parallels are you seeing between like the freedom and the, you know, the lack of like top-down control that's asserted on permaculture and how that might um, be positively reflected in a more beautiful world as you see it? I think um, this, the idea of top-down control and of like grassroots plants and then like the human as the uh, creator of this system and the steward of this system it's um this has is a, it's like a complete mental projection um and this has nothing to do with your mind but it's like a predecessor to like mental um it like kind of sets the stage it's one of the ways that you set the stage so it's like if we're learning how plants grow and there's like a force that moves through it um and using science, we can observe like ways the force is described. Like, is it described here as like a, you know, through chemistry or through physics or, you know, plant families. Um, but then with institutions, you sort of rely on um, discourses or in, in, in punishment um, or in reward, which, which are not systems that we come up with ourselves. So it's like there's, there's so many social systems towards integration and towards accessing to make sense of institutions i feel like in life we never mentally really like um it's like a project it's like the whiteboard of like humanity are these institutions and like governments um but like plants and animals um and people and community it's like we sort of like have this different rhythmic heartbeat and like i feel like working to make the power that can be compacted and make for a really limited life experience or for a really amazing healing process like amazing um you know it's like to actually activate um the forces of nature that are you know um i want to say they're obvious but they're not like we have in some ways like society has represented what's more obvious which is like the human projection of the mind but like in nature can be left wild and there's like a gorgeousness in the wilderness of nature but also like i feel like the science of gardening and like the lifestyle of gardening and like the community practice of sharing like you know gardening and farming know-how um to get that into institutions and to kind of have institutions where you're stopping to run into walls because you're like oh well innately you sort of know through exposure and experience with different plant leaf structures like how they look different they're like they 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 they're like tv screens like you do something in the soil a plant leaf it's gonna you know give you freckles or give you like some kind of some kind of like behavior it's just telling you it's like hey here's what's going on and it's clear and it's there and it's in your hands and it's magical like it's so it's complex and it's it's uh it's not conscious but the consciousness like can observe it and like inflect it into a new projection and so it's like if we're not really getting out of um you know if we have an innate need to share with each other like i didn't smelt the metal that this light is made out of and i didn't mill the boards that made this bookshelf i cute it and um <laughs> like, <laughs> like 
we need to work together we need to be able to have systems of trade that like are still but um I think ways of knowing that reflect more of a natural um like an ecologic um instead of being like reductionistic or like overly simplistic or you know like you know screw the system we have to go back I think it's saying like the system is hungry for maybe more organic food you know <laughs> maybe like the system is super nutrient deficient um it's like maybe the white blood cell count is like you know way too high like the system is sick and it needs more like people who are um who are fluent in um systems of like of nature but like systems of nature so uh oh man there's there's lots of ways to interpret those right so i um not just wanting to like just keep talking one system of nature that i i know you have a wealth of knowledge on is um the systems of soil and I'd love I'd love for you to speak more on um, the activities you've developed around soil and how children and families have responded to those activities. Like what what what's that soil game that we played on our retreat? Okay, we played the soil bug game. Um, and so soil bug was um, it's um, so there's um in our collective in humanity's like collective origin story right i um i like the acronym of farm where like uh you know creator force the the infinite everything um if the farm that that force made is represented in soil or in, in community gardening activities farm is an acronym for the friction between the active force and the recipient in the matrix Kind of mind-blowing but deal with me for a second because like within this friction and reception matrix um the forces that get generated in that friction they start off um with this kind of like this uh this power that's circular like this um we call that the mineral power the gravitational power and it grows and this is um this is actually like reflected in so many different belief systems. Um, I can reference them in time. And then it grows into vegetable. And so we have mineral, which are the smallest components and the power of the smallest bits of the environment. And then that evolves and morphs into a vegetal power, which would be the power of growth, the power to kind of like go in the four directions to transmit um such a united force of mineral power that it is it, there, there's something extra that happens with that um superlative like uh, that that emanation from the oneness so if the oneness starts off here and then it goes and starts to grow and we call it vegetable and then it goes in again just because force maybe just be like that uh comes out vegetable and does that again and then it's like animal or it has an autonomous sense or a sense of feeling these three components the mineral the vegetable and animal are basically the um the uh, contingent forces of the environment so the forces of the environment which have form and touch each other and then there's human 
human rationality or human conscious will or our ability to project um in like such detail and um structure that it's it's uh maybe reflective of what we learn about the environment so with soil bug i don't want i don't tell all this to like middle schoolers because they're you know they're preoccupied with things that are much more important and relevant than um theory <laughs> um like how to be sociable with each other like great skills great skills so um, soil bug is basically about like, how do we first get kind of familiar with like friction? How do we um, understand these forces in the universe that compound into like kind of a, a, a human animal that is capable of this like meta projection, <laughs> like science, all right? Or like, okay, I'm gonna make a government or I'm gonna make a nonprofit, you know, that, that kind of a projection. Like, how do we get back to the fact that before all this, like, go do your homework, stop doing that. It's because we're so powerful that we aspire to a certain sort of like structure that will enable the flourishing to kind of keep happening so we can make gorgeous projections that make us good friends and trustworthy people to like be around. So with, with these junior youth, um, so I was like, all right, first let's get into friction. And they're like, okay, let's get into friction. Like, sounds fun. And then is like, okay, so now let's get into um, the ways that this type of meeting of just like active and reception, it has like different dynamics in different, um, you know, temperatures, pretty much temperatures and textures. So I had them do like a meditation on basically being frictiony and then like being fiery, like expressive. That's one type of friction is like fire, like expression, like get it out there. And then there's earth friction, which is maybe kind of a put it together, feel it and like move it around, grow it. And then maybe there's metal friction, which would be about like finding something and transmitting electricity and transmitting light. And uh, it's re the receptivity of metal is a little different than maybe like what earth would represent. And then water, water friction to like absorb and then like distribute to like dissolve something to catch to nurture. Water is so powerful. And then um, wood friction. So to like kind of to be so strong, like so uniquely strong that you're kind of not really part of earth and you're not exactly metal because it's like organic, but medicines and pruning and all this types of responsive stuff. So the friction. So I had them meditate on what it means to be in different types of energy. So we had them do a little bit of a meditation on different types of elemental uh, archetypes. And then we took that a little further. We're like, okay, so you guys are the Titans. You're all these wild forces, right? So now let's find different biomes and let's uh, do a little research and find out like how different types of soil will um, facilitate the growth, the different types of mineral compositions will have different uh, vegetables that will grow out of them, like different vegetal, like smorgasbords <laughs> spring forth and like different animals too. And these three things, they hold together the environment and the human will either observe or and contribute somehow or will neglect or not contribute. Um, we're not gonna get into that yet. So what I had them do was, um, basically just inhabit 
the beauty of like, okay, I'm going to be mineral. So they'd be like, okay, I'm going to be a, a loamy type of soil. And so they'd be like, okay, so I'm really nutritious and I'm kind of sticky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for sure. Or I'm a sandy, I'm a sandy soil. They'd be like, all right, I'm a rock. <laughs> and they'd be like, I'm a silty soil. Um, and then they'd be like, I'm so small. I need so many. And then I'd ask them to like find out what kind of, um, sorry about this light, um, but find out what kind of plants would grow in that environment. All right, there we go. And so I had them basically do this charade of like, interpret of like kind of being an environment in motion so like they'd have little groups where some of them would be like okay i'm silty i'm silty and they'd be like okay i'm a type of animal i'm a trophic uh, i'm an eater of this system and so and uh i'm a vegetable so i'm a plant so they basically mime out these kind of evolved parts of an environment and then we had a human two humans one that was going to be um a conscious human and one that was going to represent like so a, a gardener um, and then someone who is going to be, um, for the environment, representing a force of like compaction or of pollution or something like that. Basically someone that's going to destroy the connections that like just kind of the vive of um, mineral, vegetable and animal, just having a nice tea party together. Like having, having like those minerals are like, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> and the vegetables are like, oh, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> and the animal is like, I'm, I'm an animal. I'm, I'm happy. And the human's like, all right, how you doing? So basically, the human's job was just to be like, uh, like a neurotic teacher. How's it going? Like, what are you doing? Of course, I was the human because I'm, you know, a good pester. Um, <laughs> and um, and then one human is um a force of uh, compaction, pollution, erosion, and they basically just mess the thing up. So soil bug was basically about trying to learning about how there's there is diversity in different systems that relies on the relationships of the being near each other. Um, and then we went out and put it all together and we planted a we made a bunch of soil mix to make life possible in this part of the desert where we were, where it was lots of compaction and lots of erosion and lots of pollution. So we were able to put it together and that was um, one of the professional highlights of my, um, it's just, it was so much fun for me. And it was, um, and the, I, what was fun was um, people getting to inhabit their powers with their own autonomy um, and for them just sort of like charaded out and I'll be like, hey, what element are you right now? Are you in a fire energy? Are you in a wind energy? Are you in a water energy? And they just kind of like get it. They're like, oh yeah, I'm like, these are your powers. Like, that's awesome. And so I liked being able to meet young humans at the level of like, you're already powerful. I just want to tell you that I believe you can use these. And it's really, it's a really big deal to be aware of like how to use your powers. So that was really cool for me. Yeah. And and it was so perfect that we watched the Pixar movie Elemental because it we perfect. it was just the perfect way to unwind after that that hot sweaty day of planting. Um and they got to reflect on like, you know, different the diversity of personalities and cultures and what it looks like, you know, for pairs not only to interact but to fall in love. Um and that 
you know, they were they were coming off of the experience of creating these interconnected or embodying these interconnected webs of vegetables, animals, and minerals. Um, and as I understand, I mean, much of the the minerals in our planet and maybe even in our soil come from the solar system. Like even our our teeth are made of stardust. Uh, I know it's my it like I love yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so, it really is so cool. Like when, when you actually like get, get your hands in the dirt and like consider what it is that you're, you're working with and you're playing with. And, and as I was listening to you speak of the, the five elements, I recalled, um, do I, do I remember right that your ancestor was a student of Confucius? Yes. Cool. Yes. Um, yeah, so there's the the five elements theory in traditional Chinese medicine. How how does your ancestry and and that theory flow into your gardening philosophy? Awesome question. Um, so let's see. Um, ancestry gardening. It's not a direct. It's, let's see how much time we got. Uh, <laughs> so I growing up, I wondered what does it mean to not only be like American, but also like to be like Chinese American um, and like Native American and like European American. I'm like, is this American? Am I Baha'i? Is that what it means? I don't really know. All of these things. So all of it, right? Like we're all so many things. And um, my hair is more shiny than I anticipated (laughs) for the call. That's okay. It's um, okay. Let's see. So with Thai and with um, language and with this question of like, how does the environment and our culture shape each other? Um, this is a really deep question. Um, so cultural ecology, like, is kind of that study, right? Of how um, can we make sense of human patterns in the environment? with um, like, are we deterministic? Like is culture determined by the environment? But like culture seems to grow when there's certain mechanics to like checks and balances that are, are gonna keep it in place. And when I look using Jared Diamond's work back at um, what does it take to make a society success, successful, like survive? It's um, always a balance between balancing the environmental resources, um, like soil degradation and deforestation and, um, you know, the lot, the works. It's it's a complex community science and basically having your human relations. Like you you don't want to piss off your neighbors too much. Um, Seriously. (laughs) Um, And like you need to do, you need to have trade that like it um, helps like things share. Um, And infighting is also a big thing that happens with societies. That causes that can cause them to become destructive. So well, that, that happens in the plant world too. You know, like we we talked about like the spectrum of antagonistic plants to companion plants, and how certain pairs and fam literal what are called families of plants get along splendidly. They they have reciprocal, mutually beneficial relationships. While if you if you plant a certain invasive species or a certain antagonistic plant with another, there will be um, effectively infighting just as you see with people totally and it's like it's like totally like resource hogging or like things that are not moral in the plant world but in the human reality um if anyone's watching this they're gonna watch me like 
deal with the shine on my preen. It's fine. Lovely plumage. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I say anyone, but I'm sure there will be. Um, let's see. Yeah. So sharing, sharing space, like eating resources, things that are, it's like, it's innate in the human, in the vegetable world without consciousness, but in the human world, understanding like what do we need like what do we take what do we give and how do i ethically um how do I, if i want my energy to grow inside myself and in my community and in society we have to learn how to like balance relations and if we want a more diverse system like i know how much space i need from something that has a different menu or how much um so the subject of social equity and of making like, so social equity is about um, analyzing the institutions of society to figure out how can they uh, be more balanced pretty much. Like how can they, uh, how can we create knowledge and um, like functional human HR and ER systems, like environmental relation and human relation systems and so that we can survive so we don't you know become bankrupt as a town or um you know sell the farm and and all these all these these things that we that are a part of human life like uh you know budgeting and all that um so going bringing this back to the five element theory it's this idea and i have two points about this so five element these like a five we look at think about a five-pointed star and the acronym um, FEM, WW, no political agenda. It's just fire, earth, metal, water, and wind. Like, we'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> it's a five-pointed star that um, basically says in order to make a continuous form, like, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, you go in many different directions. You have to kind of balance it out. And um, the process to do that kind of creates uh, a self-sufficient spinning circle. Um, these five elements are, um, they're, they're not the raw Aristotelian elements, um, which would be like fire, earth, water, and uh, air. Um, but they're a little, there's a little more um, uh, cultivation on them. So, observing a point of fire within the body and then translating it into a point of metal um it, it's figuring out like how do these elements kind of like move each other um using your body and so it, it gets into it gets into Taoism a bit with like kind of understanding cultural ecology for how like a belief system that's made to get people to interact with each other so for the um, human relations uh, belief system about getting people to interact with each other, like religion, for instance, um, a set of set of cosmology and worldview cosmology stories and like worldview principles that people will abide as a sort of law. But it it's um, the cosmology aspect in, in smaller societies is important, right? Because it kind of enables a uh, relation with the environment, um, which behaves differently but in concert with us. So um five element theory um is basically a village practice of um cultivating firecrafts 
and uh, observing the unity of what you're creating um, within yourself. So as like a human being, we're kind of star shaped um, and our arms and our legs if we think about yin and yang, so I had mentioned a little bit about Taoism with like the polarity and then with farm, like the active force and the recipient, like it's, it's freaking cool. And we think about polarity with like in science and how it's like, there'll be like a positive light. And then like, not necessarily it's opposite, but like the point upon which the um, light is in intellectualized is maybe it's negative point like it's just like a point in space and from that say like hey i want to know more about this so the light it kind of creates this axis that um begs for um the space between what you're looking at and what you um like where you are where you're basing your yourself kind of the yang and the yin like hey like hey i'm going to turn this information and like hey i'm going to i'm going to be i'm going to be held in this uh in this orbit we're going to be in each other's orbits in a really fantastic way um could you give an example of polarity in agriculture yes oh my god okay so um with um ionic uh ionic soils so when we have um uh alkaline soils or um acidic soils it's uh about how the ions um basically the ionic charge of the uh mineral compounds or uh composition of them it determines like how much electricity um is needed by the plant life in order to get um, a spiral going a spiral of organic matter which is microbes um, fungi and uh minerals being cycled um to the point where um well not quite like that so um so what what kinds of plants you're going to use to help facilitate um the movement so basically the sun will hit the leaf of the plant and then it'll send this gel into the soil which is a yin um, force compared to the to the sun so you need a little bit of a yin yang in like everything so it's like if the yang sun is going to hit the earth and then a plant is going to go like, here's a solar panel. And then over here, it's going to be like, okay, here's like a yummy soup. This yummy soup, it's it's like, it's so cool. It's like this gel that comes out of a root. And what that gel does is um, it sort of magnetically, I might be using the word wrong, but you know, whatever. Someone informed, I would love for you to tell me the magnetism of this basically pulls out it draws by some epic force um other minerals and other myco networks to basically just like uh come together and congeal and like become attracted to it so with um getting into so when we have cultures um or history collective histories of not having a stable unified like governing language you know we're tribal you know if we go in from like have a, a massive transition from multiple tribes and like um doctrines to being more of like a holistic actual like you know human representing life uh collective which i think we want to get to um being aware of like how to read the soil for like kind of what its magnetic charge is for what its mineral composition is 
Um, and uh, so let's see, polarity in agriculture more. Basically sun, moon, um, and like sun and earth. Um, Cause it's like, there's lots of power and it's constant, but it goes through like different times of the year um, and has different, um, but then like, what it will do in that constancy and in that intensity that unfathomable infiniteness um which in many indigenous cultures represents the masculine um and then like the feminine as in receptive and i don't mean this in like a, a totally essentialist way i think like um maybe there's predispositions within people to uh, interpret something some other way but the projection of culture is like a really strong thing so i think like without getting into um, essential gender essentialism, because I'm not the person to talk to about that. Um, maybe, but no, um, I think uh, symbolically, uh, the sun and the active force in the recipient, it becomes very relevant for like fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. And then how that would expand into more cooperative systems, like, um, uh, like, cooperatives or like colonies like um like bee colonies perhaps is what i mean um six-sided uh, interface like a six a six angled thing will share resources uh fine more finely than a five-pointed thing will there's just more to share so getting from a place of functioning where we have collective know-how on how to move the different elements into a state of um excellence where we're able to share them and trade in a cooperative way um, I think is where I like to focus my um, school system on uh, is towards is basically having a communal praxis of learning how to craft um, uh, the elements. And that would be, so the friction that differs between fire, earth, metal, water, and wind would be different in each way. And it's basically watching, observing how like the positive force of impact and how what the holding force um, responds very much. This could be masculine, feminine, but also with like healing, like with trauma healing, like if we look at impacts or like things that are really disruptive to our in individual selves, like doing a personal reflection of uh, getting a sense of like where that impact was for us mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, any one of these ways, and um like taking that as seriously as if there was like a you know compaction erosion like something that really happened um and realizing that these powers of like mineral vegetable and animal and like you know human once those things are optimized and balanced with each which we just are learning how to optimize the internal mineral vegetable animal system um i think is kind of a way of like connecting with a divine feminine energy because if it's on the inside that's personal but it's also what's the affects the outside like if the, all the outside is composed of mineral vegetable animal and other people but it's not our own self it's like an autonomously you know diasporic uh realm as opposed to our like autonomously indigenous experience I'm 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 word flipping a little bit. I don't just mean ethnic indigeneity. I mean like what comes deeply from your own roots. You know, like what is what's was what I would say is indigenous. I hope I'm not appropriating a word, but 
I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think another um, another word is innate or simply natural, like the 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 laws of nature. And I think what you're also describing in terms of polarity is the law of attraction, um, which we can see embodied in the masculine and feminine and in effectively the sun and the earth. Um, and I know that you're also a psychosomatic healing practitioner. Um, so I, that that's where um, largely your perspective on healing and its relationship to plants and people is coming from. Do you want to share more about that healing work that you do and how that flows into your work in agriculture? Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, Sometimes, especially when we're young, um, or if we don't have good defenses, like, you know, an impact can get to us and we'll just internalize it and, uh, and it'll possibly, you know, become too large for us to like, you know, accomplish our goals. And so it's like, with this sort of like, um, not, there's, there's, been early on a strong desire to be able to identify with greater systems of functioning so moving around a lot as a kid I mean not a lot like not too much but like you know a decent amount and being exposed to pretty different cultures in within the United States uh, at different you know trying to adapt trying to pick up on the cultural um, values and practices uh there's there was definitely like a translation error uh, happening and it was really stressful it's like you know i i don't know how to interpret the symbols uh and the values of one place i was living with um the symbols and values or like the lingo of the other place i was living and like it created this um really stimulating like kind of overwhelming um sense of like well what the hell even like what what's um how could i make sense of this situation when it represents this you know totally it's totally foreign and i'm i'm not sure like the words in one place like you're you're the best all that yeah i was a kid right so it's like you're the best like you're awesome like you know i love you these things that you i hear from people i just met was totally different than like <laughs> um where i had come from where it's like these are like words that you really give to your like your secret your sacred kin group and like it takes years you know <laughs> to like be vouched for and that's that's your family you know and it's it's really serious so it's like this and this i i really i was having a hard time with that and so were, were um, you comparing um some of your like in, indigenous or asian roots to like the conservative neighborhood in texas where you were growing up that's not in this specifically, but yes, it does become the ways of like healing to tap into um, to tap into the subconscious or kind of like personal healing in the absence of like symbols right around me. Um, I did tap. So right around me would be like Texas or Palo Alto. Um, like both of these places, I was getting some translation errors and I was 16 when I lived in um, moved to Palo Alto from Texas. So like I was getting some, I was getting some translation errors. And, um, and since then a couple more times, and I feel like this is 
you know, relevant. If we go into a new space and it, it's, um, if we don't, we need to be able to program our internal rhythm to um, know when it's safe or kind of to have a certain confidence or ability to like let it out um, so we don't get blocked, so we don't get compacted, so we can, um, we can live the life that our bodies are capable of facilitating and not just our bodies, but also our minds and our, our energy in general from both of them. So like when there's times outside of your control, like your space is not really under your control or your culture that you're around isn't really under your control. I feel like at that point doing tapping into um, the human collectives um, if we kind of smudge some of the lines of belonging, because it's like, you know, I, I have Native American ancestry um, and I have Asian ancestry, but I have lived in the United States my whole life. And I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't have tribal affiliation. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not white passing. So like, you know, there's, there's all this limit, there's all this liminality and around identity that has, has kind of always felt like it will, it will be insufficient. Like I can't just be one thing. And, but also I don't think anyone can actually be one thing because when we actually type tap back into what it means to be human and with the energies of like mineral and vegetable and animal, like expanding, like how, how much power we have from the original magnetic power of like mineral kind of being able to do this, that identity, um, that power i feel like has so much more um attraction and kind of holding for a sense of identity than um than like a modern culture has kind of said here's how you need to assimilate and i feel like these so with um with the with indigenous cultures and folk cultures and the conversation earlier about cultural ecology and ancestry and belonging um bringing it back to this the yin yang of um basically environmental and human resources we it's a it's an innately human um need to be able to understand and interpret our individual self and our spatial self um so that spatial signals don't tell us don't try to tell us like hey you're not this you're not allowed to be this you'd be like okay like it starts to become really dangerous when we believe for survival that we have to be what something says we should be. But our innate self is not is not just a cog in a system. That can give us security, right? Like, you know, it can empower a certain thing. But um, the folk cultures about cosmology so like big mystic like spatial stories like sky woman sky man you know like you know animate animating the um elements basically like mythology innate to every before we got to be civilization we were folk cultures and those folk cultures that scaled to the size of civilization it's because they effectively balanced for their region, the environmental and the human resources, you know, to kind of get to a certain mass. So all the civilizations that have, that have crumbled, it's because they got out of balance. 
but they were only able to get there because of a certain amount of sophistication and organization. And so referencing different ways in the human collective that like the environmental and the human, uh, you know, left, right brain, male, woman, kind of um, this balance, this kind of like innate polarity to just being human and getting the thing done. It belongs to like the whole, I think, uh, and, you know, as I'm biased as a, you know, a, a young Baha'i or, you know, grew up in a Baha'i house or whatever that means, um, around Baha'i literature, um, and, you know, around people that are talking about what does it mean, uh, like, the, I think it's a lot more expansive for healing work and for, like, autonomy and, like, liberty to be able to say, like, you know, the whole history of humankind, if I say, if I, if I, if I, if I stand on this hill and I say, like, I'm a human being, like, my, I'm part of the species, like, we're all part of the species, we have great diversity between us, but I'm not gonna, I'm satisfied enough with me as a human being to, for me to just be excited to be around another human being, um, and to, like, try to build a, an honest relation. I think from that sense, it's like, um, there's so much data in the past and th that humans have done and fought for tirelessly to get like coded into uh, like research and science and like journals and libraries. Um, so there's so much like quantitative and there's so much qualitative history about us and how we need to balance these sides of, our, of ourselves in order to like keep being able to make community. So in this time in America where we're uh, historically very diverse and like regionally very diverse, but we're all American. But then in the world where it's like, we're all human, but oh man, our interests, depending on where we are in the, on the world are like, they represent, we're all kind of a, a general, a being capable of moral extrapolation. But our interests define like which of those morals we evoke. Um, and then the scale of our community kind of determines like how we're able to um, defend for or kind of you know embody those values. So ecology is all about like moving the energy in a way that demonstrates that you know a certain mastery with it, a fluency, but also just an appreciation for how you know the sun will hit um, this part of the of the ground and the most beautiful fractals come out of plants and then birds show up because they have laser vision. I, you know, who, how could that even, that's so amazing. Like, it doesn't even make sense. It's so cool. I could, you know, and it's like, so with ec ecological planning, which is another thing I've had a lot of fun with um, as a, as a pro, it's basically teaching people or creating spaces that are going to plug in different parts of the elements like this kind of leaf likes it over here this kind of water will flow naturally with this kind of soil like this kind of uh this kind of learning system will facilitate this kind of energy to be able to go back to this kind of learning system which is like a compost so being able to speak to the ecology of mineral vegetable animal and human like cycles you create these spaces that have the it's that's kind of where where we met at this landscape of like uh, bringing a vision, um, multiple visions uniting under like a vision of 
shared space for growing culture, growing community from different parts of the United States around like kind of these essential, um, these essential universals. Um, so like mineral, vegetable, animal, human, and then like how they move in the elements in order to really like step into the role of being like a conscious human designer, like a sovereign gardener. Um, Cause like, yeah, it's the stuff, like the projections that say, uh, whatever, whatever bullying they want to say, you know, any, any kind of bully, you can, you can be bullied, you can be harassed, any kind of social system that's going to operate from a place of unconsciousness. Um, and I don't mean to be rude in saying that. I think the subconscious would be like the inner powers of mineral, vegetable, and animal. And the way I think to like learn them would be fluency of how mineral, vegetable, and animal move in the outer environment. So learning how to recognize certain feelings or dispositions or um, mental images that come up in this context, um, that comes from needing to do a lot of tapping into Asian and indigenous, for me, healing practices. Um, so like yoga and also shamanic journeying and uh, Tai Chi and getting into the histories of how these belief systems, um, you know, if they hadn't come up against other nations that had other contexts, like, you know, they, um, it's not just like whoop to do, you know, like it's cool. Like these are like these are like the belief systems that enabled people to go from spending all their time like uh you know, trying to collect enough nutrients when there wasn't agriculture to being able to like build buildings and create pottery styles and like have and actually even get to a place like now where we can make things like organic gardens and like 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 we can we can design spaces for beauty for like con like a perceptive appreciation like where we can project something that's not survival based but is um like or not like i'm under attack based but it's just kind of resilience based or like regenerative and i feel like that's i feel like that's liberty and like that like humanness i think that's what america like is is aspiring to be it's like hey because how could we be united as different states unless the state actually like represents like a, an effective balancing like a cultivation of human relations and a cultivation of ecological relations and like we have a long way to go right but thankfully we have things like community colleges and public schools and charter education and private school and private school you know we we got a lot of work to do but I think tapping into our historical, like collective human, like looking at religion with like an eye that's like, this is a, this is a kooky thing people did to like bring, bring groups around the, around the world to like a certain level of like agreement. And like now we're at a point where all the groups are able to be in contact with each other. And I mean, we'd mentioned the Baha'i faith and I don't like to talk too much about religion because I feel like it's just, it's a subject that has like a lot of like, projection in it um but the by high faith basically talks about unity and diversity that's how i like to summarize it um which is not uniformity 
it's about like to actually be it's like radical interconnectedness um but you can't just connect with somebody that doesn't know their subconscious at all or doesn't like or just operates from a place of um like giving not sharing so these kinds of qualities that show up in indigenous these values that show up in indigenous cultures like um or like pre-civilization cultures they really represent like what does it take to get a smaller amount of people to to function together um without um so like really out there sounding myths from like a Lakota like it doesn't have to be totally relevant to me as long as I can like kind of infer that it's describing like huge forces you know that would have been represented by the environment um and like that you know representing values that are needed for being able to build the circle bigger so and I, I think what I hear you calling for is like a united state of being and one that embraces diversity, um, both, you know, in, in nature and, and within the human world um, where we're not, you know, cramping each other and we're not pairing unnecessarily, you know, antagonistic plants or people together where I, it almost sounds utopian, I guess, but a, a place where we can all um have enough resources to just get along totally like and like with different plants like with the with the positivity and the negativity just at the like ionic level and the soil like we can change we can we can create greater systems of cohesion so we can by developing the mineral maybe uh environment to facilitate more of what it's meant more of what its own power is like cohesion um <laughs> sorry where am i going um <laughs> i feel like we there's so much resource available for us but there's society as is hasn't taught us how to look with like an an abundant eye um because mm -hmm. maybe the separation of church and state like for some reason like abundance and like kind of delulu thinking is like not part of cartesian rationality you can't it could be like if 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 cartesian rationality or not cartesian but if uh i guess aristotelian or platonic rationality like empathy logic and um ethic empathy is in there because it's like if we learn how to like you know dbt ourselves into um you know oh i'm having a tantrum silly me <laughs> observing not yeah, experiencing right. <laughs> yeah nice so i feel like observing it is it sounds utopian and and surely it is but i feel like it's not impossible because like if we learn that plants they change the chemistry and the charge of the soil around them just if it's the right plant the right place you know like a, a little bit of something like we start to like change the charge of the space around us to be able to like f hold life so if life is just like you know attraction and then growth and then sense and then eventually like human uh you know whatever we can grow that um we do need access to like you know human skills in order to get um and and uh activism you know in order to get what we need but like there's certain types of activism that um 
you know, not getting, not pissing your neighbors off so much that they kill you is actually a, a huge force in human history, right? Like it happens. So it's not just like, it, it's, it, there's, there's skill at, multi, at multiple levels required. Right. Creating a culture of life requires not pissing your neighbors off to that extent. <laughs> Take notes. <laughs> 